you stop fighting for, you will eventually fight against. I'm going to call this morning, but I want to start with 1 Timothy chapter 6. Remind yourself of the things you fight for on a daily basis. Remind yourself of the things you fight for on a daily basis so that you don't end up fighting against those things. You know someone can have with their mouth something they're fighting for, but with their actions, they're fighting against it. I'm saying this again on public periscope. So someone wants to fight for, again, for the nation, it's going to be you want to fight for the prosperity of lives and change young people's lives and stuff like that. But with the decisions that you make on a daily basis, you're actually fighting against it. So the first thing I must do on a daily basis is to remind myself what I fight for, how I fight and the reasons I fight. I think that's one of the major keys because the, 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 the temptation of being some, in something for so long and forget the mirage or the, or the, um, the, um, the, the pretense of loving, loving each other and stuff like that. Of course, we love each other, but let's put that aside to a second. When you've been in something for some, so long, sometimes you may fail to see why you do what you do. Sometimes you will fail to see what, why you do what you do. So one of the things I always have to remind myself is why do I fight for what I fight for? And always to make sure because sometimes what will happen is there will be sometimes where you have heated discussions or you have heated things. So you've got to come back to know why did you do that? Is it because you're fighting for yourself or are you fighting for for what you are used to do you still have the same source of fight one of the major things i've always got to make sure i do is make sure that i'm still in love i'm still in love i still love people i still love what we're fighting for and many times people lose what we fight for they're now they're now they've now created out they've now created their own fight so i'm i'm now pulling it back on the table to say look this is our fight for me, the one major fight that we will always have is the fight to make sure that the word remains relevant in our generation. That's a major fight that remains on my heart, and I know it remains on some of your hearts. So I'm going to call this morning, but I need to start with where, where Paul began to instruct Timothy. So you've got to know what you remain fighting for because sometimes in life, right, when you're doing something repetitively, what tends to happen is that you forget why you were fighting. Have you ever, you can sometimes swing your sword so much to the point where you no longer know who the enemy is. You know that happened to Joshua, right? Joshua was such a man of fight, a man of war, they called him, that one day he met an angel. <laughs> he met an angel and he turned to the angel and he said to the angel, right, that are you with us or for, are, you for, are you against us? Imagine turning to the angel and saying, look, my eyes are so red. My eyes are so, I'm, I am, I am, I'm so engulfed in battle and in, and, in, and in a fight. Now, this is not the fight against, oh, I'm struggling with my bills. I'm not, I'm not I do, if that's your fight, I'm on your, on your own. But there is a fight. There's a fight to see your, the story, the narrative of your family change. There's that fight. That is a fight. Nobody should allow anybody to feel like the, the fight to change the narrative of their family is not a fight that they should be involved in. 
I turn to the young men sometimes and say, listen, even if you don't want to fight for God, the nation is still the best place to fight for your family. It's still the best place to change your mind and, and, fight, for a, a, and fight for a generation. This is still the best place. This is still the best place to change your mind and expose your mind and fight for a generation. This is still, this, this is still the ground in which everything you're looking for in life, in quote, is the, it is the best place to fight. It is the best place to be the person that God has called you to be. It's the best place to answer the call. And I don't want to go there. there. So let me start with scriptures this morning. Let me start with the scriptures that says, that says fight the good fight. 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I'll read it myself this morning. Listen to this. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But you, man of God, flee from all these things. And one of the things that was said this morning is that you cannot enter into a fight before you, before you learn your code name, man of God. You know, one of the things that happen to people is that they become men of God first. Then God begins to bless them, then they become men. What actually caused the doors and the codes of life to open to you was the fact that it was you were man of God. But you man of God. He didn't, he does, God does not address men. God addresses men of God. But you man of God. He said flee from all these things. But the first thing to address here is the fact that I am man of God. So Today, we began to learn that actually it is man of God first before we even begin to talk about fight. Because remember, God defines what you fight for. God defines how you fight and what you fight for. Remember, if I'm fighting to give my seed, for example, that is because God defines what I fight for. So there can be a generation that chooses to fight to wear the latest drip. There can be a generation that chooses to fight to, 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 to have money in their pocket, but I choose to fight to, 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 to make the name of God known in my generation. That's what I choose to fight for. So today, when you, when you begin to open your fight, when you begin to open your fight, I'm coming somewhere today, when you begin to open your fight, the first thing I need you to remember is before you engage in any battle, remember this thing, I am man of God. That, that, is, that transcends gender. So I'm not just talking to men, I'm talking to women. So, and this one is, is so someone says, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a man of God, I'm a woman of God. Man of, woman is still woman of God. Man of God is still man of God. So the first thing is listen and say to yourself, I am man of God. I am woman of God. And by the time you first of all register, that you are man of God, then you begin to fight the fights that you are actually called to in life. People don't know how to fight. What happens to people is that they, they, they are numbed and neutralized by the fight that God began to present to them. But God said to, but um, Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of, of knowing how to move forward 
with the things that God has called you to. So now he says, but you man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance. Then he said the things that you should pursue. With pursuit, then he says, fight the good fight of faith. So what causes your fight? What you are pursuing. I hope you're still hearing me this morning. So that's why I said it starts with mind of God because mind of God defines your pursuit in life. Some people can pursue to have the most money. Some people can pursue to have the best um, houses. Some people can pursue to have the best cars. But actually, what you're supposed to pursue... what you're supposed to have before you, your pursuit is defined is you're supposed to have the code name man of God. So man of God defines what I will pursue. So unfortunately for me, I, have not, I cannot define my pursuit by what my heart desires. I, pers- I define my pursuit by my title. Someone says, your title shouldn't define you. I'm sorry, it doesn't define me. It defines what I pursue. My, but you, oh man of God, pursue righteousness pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue endurance, pursue gentleness. My pursuit is defined by my title. Says all these people walking around with titles, man of God, woman of God, this, that, the other. Hey, 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 listen, if it's not scripture, I don't want it. People can tell me, oh yeah, is it, or is it, should everybody have a title? No, my title is the definition of what I should pursue. Someone says, your title don't make you. Let me tell you, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. You know why? Because my title is man of God. So the minute I am titled man of God, I begin to pursue the things that a man of God should pursue. So until I have a pursuit, I don't have a fight. So what's the next thing I should tell you? Don't join people who just know how to say things for the sake of saying them. You know, someone says, oh, just because your name, there's pastor before your name, you should have did it. No, pastor before my name defined what I should pursue. I don't pursue what a fraud boy pursues because fraud star is not before my name. It is pastor that is before my name and it defines my pursuit. So you, oh man of God, pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue this. So then guess what you have to ask yourself? Are you, uh, is your pursuit aligned with your code name? Someone said, well, I don't have anything before my name, but you have the title, the the responsibility of the office and the responsibility of the call. God called us to be men and women of God. So my life will not work until, until I understand the name that God called me, but you, oh man of God. So I understand that there is a pursuit of, someone said it's the pursuit of happiness. No, I said it is the pursuit. It is the pursuit defined. By the name that God has given me, man of God. So then guess what he says? Fight the good fight of faith. Now I have to stop and, 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 and to bank here because <laughs> this is where I really want to go today. You know the most issues that people have in life is they put this, what I just mentioned, they put the fight first and the pursuit second. Excuse me. I'm going to say that again. People usually put the fight first and the pursuit second. What do I mean by that? People are usually defined by what they're fighting. So let's say, let me use sin as an example. Do you know that people usually are defined by what they struggle with? 
So people usually say he's a fornicator or she's a liar or she's, he's a this or she's a that. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. What people usually do is they define themselves by what they're fighting. So somebody says, oh, I'm broke right now. So you have a fight against lack, for example. You have a fight against lack. Now you, you say that I lack. So what you do is you usually define yourself by what you're fighting. But God did not call you to define yourself by what you, you lack. You're, you're called to be defined by what you pursue. That's what it's supposed to be. But many men and many women define themselves by what they're fighting currently at the moment. They define themselves by the things that they don't currently have in their life. They define themselves by their struggle. And that's the problem with our community. It actually defines them itself by its struggle. The woman wants to be defined by her beauty. But let me tell you something. Life is not a beauty contest. It is a pursuit contest. I love the scripture where Paul begins to talk about the forgetting the things which are behind me. I pursue, I move forward towards the goal that I may gain the excellence of a life with Christ. These are the things that we begin to understand on a daily basis. Life is not a beauty contest. I am not defined by my beauty and I am also not defined by my struggle. I am defined by the things in which I pursue. I cannot be defined by my yesterday because my yesterday was a struggle I overcame. Do you understand that? It was the, the fact that I am here today means I overcame yesterday's struggle. I cannot be, def be defined by the, by, the, by the actions of my past because the actions of my past are only, if, if they were successful or they were failures, they are only lessons for today. These are the things that you must begin to be able to to. to to announce, first of all, to yourself. You begin to preach these things, but the first person you begin to preach to is to yourself. You begin to tell yourself that the battle of yesterday is the lesson for today. Stop defining yourself by the fights that you go through. Stop defining yourself by the current lack that you have. Just because you lack today do not, does not mean that you won't be rich tomorrow. People know how to put definitions on themselves so quickly. What Paul began to teach Timothy is, yes, you will fight, but fight the good fight. You see, the, so that tells me there are good fights and there are bad fights. There are fights that you can be involved in and there are bad fights. And that's why I had to start with, if you don't remember what you are fighting for, you will eventually fight against. So sometimes I will now have to come back to the, be the beginning of my life and begin to register the fights that I'm supposed to fight for. I'm going to put there the fight for prosperity. That is a good fight. A fight against my brother or my sister is a bad fight. And that doesn't mean that we will never address. And, and what I was saying, I, I had, we had a meeting yesterday and I began to say we must be able to create hubs in which leaders are able to address certain matters. That is a good fight. Why? Because you're leading certain cities, you're leading certain states. Those are good fights. But Paul began to tell Timothy, fight the good fight. There's a good fight in your life that you should be facing. And when you're too busy with the good fight, people will try to change your narrative and try to get you involved in lesser fights. There's a good fight of prosperity. There's a good fight of nation taking. That's a good fight. What does it mean to nation take? There's a good fight of overcoming and subduing your industry. So guess what the good fight is for? The good fight of dominion. 
Restoring dominion to man, that is a good fight. Where is the place in where you want to dominate? That is the fight that you will go on to fight in your life. You are called to fight the good fight. So now you've got to look at the arena in which you want to dominate. I've said two fights now. I've said the fight for prosperity and the fight for dominion. What is my area of, dominate, of, of dominance? Let me begin to dominate in an area. Let me begin to thrive in a certain area. I'm beginning to detail it like that because I realize I'm on public scope. So I have to give you areas in which you fight. Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Mm. So my faith must be used in order for me to dominate. So people usually taught us, have faith in order to acquire. I say have faith in order to dominate. It is, first of all, if my faith dominates me, I will dominate in nations. I will dominate in industries. But the first thing I must do is allow my faith to dominate me. What does that mean? My prayer life must be A1. You like that new word I've added? That's the first time I've ever said that. My prayer life must be A1. It must be, the, it must be a prayer life that is dominated by faith. Allow my faith to dominate me, and then my faith will allow me to dominate nations. My, my word life must be A1. Why? Because that is the place in which my word or, or my faith springs from. And if I lack faith, I will lack dominance. Or I will lack dominion. So I'm now coming and I'm telling you step by step. What, you know what happens to people in life? They be doing things for a certain time in their life and they begin to think this thing doesn't work. It is not that the thing doesn't work, it's that you don't work. I was thinking about a gentleman this morning, he's about 30 plus, and, and I'm sure that right now all he's saying to himself is, I've got to make my life work, I've got to make my life work, I've got to make my life work. And I'm saying, no, you haven't got to make your life work, you've got to allow faith to dominate. And you're running, people say I'm running out of time. You're not running out of time, you're running out of faith. So I come back to the drawing board and I say, look, Unless my faith dominates, I will not dominate. Because guess what? Guess what I fight with? I fight with my faith. I, I, I begin to see. When the eyes of the, when the eyes of, of the, when the natural eyes are not showing me anything pleasant, I turn on the eyes of faith. Now can I go to the scripture I want to take you to this morning? If you have a neighbor next to you, tell them, to look up. Can I show you the first person that exhibited the eyes of faith Genesis chapter 13 look at this no Genesis chapter yeah Genesis no Genesis chapter 12 am I doing it right no Genesis chapter 13 <laughs> I love this scripture look at this now Lot was moving about with Abraham also had flocks and herds and tents but the land could not support them while they stayed together. For their possessions were so great that they were able to stay together. Their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. Remember that both Lot, both Lot and Abraham, Abraham and Lot, journeyed together on a faith journey. So guess what happens? Your fight or your pursuit will take you on a journey. Some of you are journeying through certain risks that you're taking. You're, you're journeying through certain risks that you're taking and sometimes it causes you not to have. Sometimes it causes you not to have um, 
access to certain finances because you're currently building or you're currently making certain things available for your business or for your for your for your endeavors and god be and then you begin to say well this faith journey is a bit mad i'm i'm currently in the position of lack and lack keeps coming into my mind because people need to learn how to navigate lack it is faith that helps you to navigate lack i hope you know that so you're saying to yourself well I feel like I should have more resources than I have and this, that, and the other. But it is faith that helps you to navigate the, the, the arena of lack. But, but in this case, Lot and Abraham have journeyed through the arena of lack and now they have possessions. But Lot now and Abraham are in this place where both of them have possessions and their possessions are too much for them to handle. And guess what happens now? So they say, so listen to what happens now. And quarreling arose between Abraham's herders and Lot's herders. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at the time. So, so Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any quarrel between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to this left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zor was well watered and he chose it. You know that story. First of all, if I was Lot, I wouldn't have left my faith partner. Oh my God. So first, so another thing in the journey of faith, I hope you have a faith partner. I hope you have a person in whom you partner in business with. So what is the nation? What is the nation family? It is the opportunity to develop faith partners. If I'm, going to be, if I'm going to be in the music industry, I'm going to have a faith partner in that music industry. That person that feels that we can take over the music industry together, I'm going to have a faith partner. I'm going to have a person in whom I can register a company with and begin to move with. And, and that's what faith does. What does the word do? It, it inspires your faith. I'm going to have a word partner. That's what it's about. It's a faith, it is a faith thing. So now Lot and Abraham, they become very great together. And all of a sudden, Abraham turns to Lot and says, part part, let's part company. If I was Lot, I would have said, no, you're my faith partner. Without you, I don't have faith. So people think I have faith in God. No, I have faith in my partner who also has faith in God. Faith partners. So then guess what, Abraham, so that happens to Abraham. And then after Lot parts ways and chooses his own life, look what Ab God says to Abraham. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are. Oh, I love this scripture. I don't know if I can speak to somebody this morning and say to you, look around from where you are. Do you know, I used to love this scripture. Let me tell you a bit about my own story. Listen to this. I was 25 and at that time I was still bumping train. Whatever, should they pass the bump train? Should they pass the not bump train? Look at my face, I don't care. I was 25 and still bumping train with 10 pounds in my pocket to give as offering. Listen to me very carefully. And then what then began to happen is that faith partners arose and we started an organization. All my days, listen to this very carefully. But at that time, right, when I had my offering or I had my seed, guess what? I've got to be able to look around from where I am. You see, many times you try, to, you, try to, you try to look at your present circumstance. That is not how you fight. You look up from where you are. I am, I, am in, I am in debt, right? I'm in debt, but I'm looking from debt to where I'm going to. I'm looking from debt into prosperity. God told Abraham, look around from where you are. 
So I am not defined by where I am. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That's why I'm saying you cannot be defined by, by your fight. God had to tell Abraham, you are not defined from, uh, from where you are. So someone says, I grew up in Stockwell. I grew up in Stockwell, fine, but I cannot be defined by Stockwell. Look up from where you are. You grew up in Brixton. You cannot be defined by Brixton. Look up from where you are. Do you understand? That is what the word taught Abraham. So after Lot parted company, because you know why? Let me tell you something. When God gives you a new level of fight he begins to reset your mind he begins to reset the things and the focuses that you have so God Abraham had been journeying with Lot so much that God wanted to put him on a new level of audacity and fight he wanted to put him with a new drive and a new spirit so he had to come to Abraham and tell him now now that Lot has parted now that the partner you used to fight with has parted now that these people are gone now look up from where you are hmm Yes, I know you used to do this before. I know this was your exploits before. This, you've come this far. You went down to Egypt. You came out with wealth. Now, look up from where you are. Look up from where you are. So what am I here to tell you today? There is no situation that you are in that is the final stop. No, there is no situation that you are in that is the final. Someone said, I've been journeying in, in this faith journey for about four years or five years. And, and I'm saying to you now, look up from where you are. Someone says, I've been given for five years, 10 years or, or whatever. Now I'm telling you, look up from where you are. See, see, what happens to people is that they stop looking. They, they're now looking at their surroundings. They're saying, well, this is what's currently going on in my life. Well, this is happening over here. My friends are doing this. I'm telling you, look up from where you are. Don't allow where you are to define who you are. Where you are do, do, does not define who you are. Look up from where you are. Don't stop looking. Oh, I love what God said to Abraham in this scripture. This is a faith journey. This is your faith fight. How to fight from faith. The first thing to fight from faith is to look. Mm. Keep looking into that future that God has shown you. I hope you hear. If it is nation taken that God has shown you that you will take nation, that you will advise president, keep looking into that future. You know, there are mistakes that you will make. There are mistakes that you will make, right? There are mistakes that you will make and it will make you feel like you, that you are no longer the advisor or the president that God wants you to be. Keep looking from where you are. Don't allow where you are to define you. Do not allow the mistakes that you've made to define you. Do not allow the faults that you've had to define you. No, keep looking from where you are. Look up. No, don't look at what you are around. He said, look from there. Look from the position that you are in. Don't look at the position that you are in. Let me say that again. Look from the position you are in. Don't look at the position you are in. He said, he said, now look around from where you are to the north and the south, to the east and to the west. All the land that you will see, I will give to you all my days. Imagine standing in, imagine standing in Stockwell or Brixton or Croydon or even Kingston and, and saying, and God telling you, look to the north and to the south. I don't know if there is a C or D watching that is saying, look to the north and to the south. Look to Birmingham. Look to Manchester. Because I'm going to give you those lands. Look to this. I wonder what God wants to give you on my days. Because look, yes, look from, don't look at. That's right. He said, I wonder if there's something that God wants to give you, but you're not looking. Because the first thing he said is, look. If you don't look, I cannot give. Oh my days. I can only give you what you're looking at. 
So some people are looking at their lack. And God says, well, your, that lack will be multiplied. Because I can only give you what you are looking at. So now someone's looking at their situation, maybe their, their, their family. And that now becomes a problem because I can only get, you're saying, well, my child is misbehaving. This is not going right in my life. This, that, and the other. And God says, no, that's the position you look from. The minute things start going wrong, it is, the, it, it is only a sign that you're meant to look. Look from. All of a sudden, Abraham's um, nephew is beginning to depart from him. He's beginning to depart from him. How many times have you faced crisis in your life and, and all of a sudden that crisis was supposed to be a position from which you look from? Mm. I realize that God uses storms to address people. Oh my days, I love, I love the word, you know. He uses storms to address people. He uses those positions in order to make people look from. God looks from the storm. Oh my days. So now I realize, I realize, I realize, I realize that Every situation currently going on in my life is a position to look from, not a position to look at. So I wonder if you're going to have to revamp the way that you do things. I wonder if you're going to have to revamp the way that you look at situations because I'm not even going to look at my situation. I'm only going to look from it. So this is the brokest I've ever been and will ever be. <laughs> you see, so no, sorry, not I've ever been. This is the brokest I will ever be because I'm looking from that position. I'm looking from that position. Some people will say, this is the brokest I've ever been. No, 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 no. This is the brokest I will ever be. Because I'm, God is, I'm going to give God the ability to allow me. Look, if you, God, if you need my eyes, I will look. That's what I'm saying to God. If you need me to believe, I will believe. I will fight the good fight. Man of God, exactly. After we look, man of God, what do you see? I was going there. Thank you, Pastor. Um, I think you're now a pastor, right? You're, you're, because you're preaching with me today. So I, it's after you look, what do you see? Because God will always come to ask you, what do you see? So God says to Abraham, look from where you are. Look around from where you are. Don't look at what you are. Look at from where you are. Because God still has a future and a plan. Something he wants to do with your life. And that is why you cannot begin to define your life by your struggle for I was going to say for God's sake, but I said, let me put some decorum on it on, online. That's why you cannot define your life by your struggle. You cannot even be defined by your fight. Those are the things that cannot happen. You must begin to be defined. You must begin to be defined by what you see. Oh, my days. That's what must happen. You must begin to be defined by what you see. And that what you see is who you are. Oh, my days. Do you know why? It is because it is the things that are coming out of your mouth that you will mention, right? Remember you said, what, what a man thinks, that is who he is. So now I can know you, I can know what you're thinking by what you're saying and what you're seeing. Someone said, oh, well, sir, I just don't have anything right now. I just don't have anything. Life is just not going the way I want it to go for me right now. And I'm saying to them, look, what you see is who you are. I hope you know that. So I will refuse to see. I will, resist, I will refuse to see poverty. I will refuse to see problems. I will see solutions. I am a solution provider. I had to write in my note today, all oh my days, and I don't know if you're going to write in your own notes today. this morning, because every morning I wake up and I have a moment of thinking. I, I, write, I had to write in my notes, I choose to be the solution to the problem. I choose to be. And you know those words, right? I could have written them before. 
I could have written them before in my notes, but you know why they mean a lot more for me? Because there's a lot of problems. And I actually had to know to myself that there were problems before and I was not the solutions. I was not the solution to those problems. But now I've actually said in life, if you ask me for my job description, when I enter into the room, what is my job description? The solution to the problem. When people think we have a problem, then what do you have to think is peace out? I choose to be the solution to the problem. And I know that is painful. I know that is costly. But that's what I see. So God says, look from where you are. He says, look from where you are. Don't look at, look from. Mm. Problem solver. And you know, we can throw around the word problem solver. I'm a problem solver. Duh, duh, duh. But I just defined myself. I choose to be the solution to the problem. You know, when problems arise, people decide to talk about it. They address problems. They never really find solutions. But I choose to be the solution to the problem. Me turning on my periscope is a solution to a problem. Somebody needed to hear this today. I choose to be a solution to the problem. That is what I choose to be. So he says to Abraham, look from where you are, to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west. All the land you see, oh my God. Did you hear that? He said, all the land you see, not me, not what God sees, all the land you see, he says, all the land you see, I will give to you. <laughs> it is not what God sees that he will give to you. Someone says, I just want to see how you see. No, 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 no. You know those worship. He said, no, 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 no. I will give you according to your eyes. So God does not give you what you do not see. So I'm asking yourself, all the land you see, I know we've read that scripture and we just brushed over that, right? Whatever you cannot see, God will not give. Thank you, sir. Because I was looking, thank you, Pastor Henry. The more you see, the more God gives. But do you know what fight does? You know, I don't know if you've ever been in war before. Well, not war, but a fight. And Abraham was bothered about not having a child. But God told him to look at the stars and see. Exactly. So, so look at this now. I don't know if you've ever been in a struggle before. I don't, let's forget, forget the struggle of fight. Let's talk about, I don't know if you've ever had a time where problems kept popping up one after the other, after the other, after the other. You see the thing about fight, right? Is when you're really waving that sword and you're fighting, do you know the issue? Is that sometimes you can't see. Do you understand? Sometimes you can't see. Sometimes problems come to limit your sight. That's why I said never define yourself by your fight. Thank you, um, Pretty Politics. I know who Pretty Politics is. There's only one person that can be Pretty Politics. And the, the, that's why I said don't allow your fight to define you because sometimes your fight will make you feel like this is who you are. No, my fight is my struggle. I must fight. You must have a good fight. But what I'm saying is you are def your fight is according to what you see. Oh my days. Sometimes people see their friend, they're bullying them or they're, or they're saying certain things about them. They see the things that people are saying and then they begin to fight according to what people are saying about them. I choose for that not to be my fight. I could, I actually choose to enter into a conversation with God and then after entering into, into that conversation with God, God just opening my eyes to what I should be seeing. So when Pretty Politics says, I see finances, I agree. And you know why people don't have it sometimes? Because they don't see it. They hear the word on, on prosperity and they, or they hear what God wants go, um, to give them, but they just don't see it. They just can't believe.
Choose the good fight. That's right. And I know that will mean a lot to Jody because I, I know I, sometimes I sneak into the Mother of God Nation um, periscope and I see the periscope and I hear the words. Look from, don't look at. Look from the position you are in. Don't look at the position you are in. Thank you. You've got to be able to see what you want God to give. He says, what all the land you see, I will give to you and your offspring. Do you know what I realized? I can also see for others. The hope of the generation is, a hope for a generation is lying in what you see. The hope for your family is lying in what you see. You know, you, you know when you grew up, you were just that person that thought, right, that things, things are more than possible. You know, past, past, one of the pastors was telling me, he was telling um, a mom, um, he was telling the mom, oh, um, 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 the mom asked him actually, the mom asked him, oh, what are you going to give my, my son for his birthday? And the, the pastor replied, I'm going to give him a company. Do you know what the mom replied? She said, hmm. you, know, you know moms and dads, they do this thing. They say, hmm, this one, this one, you're going to give this one a company. Yeah, but you know what I realized? It is not for mommy to see, it's for me to see. That's the problem. It is not for daddy to see, it's for me. So daddy can be saying, mm, this one, all he likes. But you see, for, as, for, as for me, I will see. I will see that it's possible to, be, to have a million, to become a millionaire. I will see that it's possible to become a billionaire. Why? Because I, my eyesight is in the word. So what is the word supposed to be? My eyesight. It is supposed to be my seeing factory. It is the place in which I get my possibilities from. It is the place in which I get my belief system from. Because guess what also must be a part? What is another, what is another um, vehicle for your seeing? Your, what the things you believe. Oh my days. I hope you're still with me. So these are the ways I see. I see through my, my seeing factory. I just, to, just to give you, I know it's not proper English, but bear with me. He says, I see through my seeing factory. The word becomes my eyesight. Why? Because I see through the word. It is the things which I believe that is what I truly see. So now when I go into, a, when God goes into a person's heart, he's only going to check what they see. How does he know what they see? By the things they believe. Some of you may have thought it was possible, but during the fight, you made certain mistakes and it left you with certain scars. I'm asking you now, do not define yourself by your scars. Your scars are just a reminder to you that you can fight and still come out alive. <laughs> you know, one of the stories of David that I think people don't get really is that, let me tell you, there's no way you fight with a bear and the bear doesn't scratch you. Do you think it was an easy overcoming victory? Oh my God. Let me tell you, the fight, the wrestle with the lion and the bear, the lion would have just given one claw and there was, there's going to be a scar. But you see that scar is only a reminder that he overcame a lion. So my scars don't define me. Actually, what defines me is who came out alive. <laughs> I'm not defined by my depth. Do you get what I'm saying to you? I'm not defined by the things in which are currently going negatively for me. I'm not defined by that. Because the only thing is, it depends on who comes out alive. That's it. That is the, the only thing that matters in battle is the person who comes out alive. So don't focus on the scars that you have. Focus on the fact that you came out alive.
So that other person is dead. The opinions of yesterday, the opinions of yesterday, the, those things do not matter. You know why? Because you're still, you're, they may be a scar of yesterday and they may be on, I remember when people's opinions used to be a matter. You know, you, we've all got those scars, right? We've got the scar of when people's opinion used to matter. But I praise God that I came out alive, that the, people, the, the opinions of people did not bury me. Fight. Fight the good fight of faith. I told you I had a word for you this morning. And what is the word? Look from, don't look at. Look from the position. You know, that's the problem. People define their businesses. Let me talk to the entrepreneurs for a second. They define the, the businesses by the resources that, they are, that are available. They, they define their future by the resources that they have available to them. I, I tell you, look from, don't look at. You may not have a penny in your pocket today. Look from that position. You may, be, you may be trying to fight out of debt today. Look from that position. Look from, don't look at. The worst crisis cannot subdue you. So let's finish this. He said, I will give to you. And remember I said, so what was my latest point? I said that you can look for your offspring. You can look for others. You can look for people that have no ability to look. He said, whatever you see, I will give to you and your offspring. So I realized that Jacob did not have to look because Abraham has already seen. Oh my God. Do you know how powerful that is? I, so I ask you the question, and I don't know if you want to register this in your mind. Who are you looking on behalf of? Mm. You know why I love sometimes, sometimes it's not good to have children out of wedlock, but sometimes I realize that sometimes when people have children out of wedlock, it redefines their fight. Because now they now have to look for them and their child. But they can't see, they can't see a baby mom. They have to see a leader of nations. Because guess what? Whatever you become, your offspring will become. Do you understand that? So now you have to say, so now the responsibility of people on the in oh my god the the responsibility of people i run i read i recognize why god gives us the responsibility of people so that we can begin to see better so that we see on behalf of people as well i wonder what the generation will become let me tell you something a very crucial note whatever our generation becomes is because of what we saw if you see your own life, I've got to make it, I've got to do well, I've got to do it, then that's fine. But I see a generation that will rise to love God and then will also become wealthy. And I see the abuse that will have to come with that. I see the misunderstanding that will have to come with that. I see, yes, it's upbringing and discipline, but upbringing and discipline starts with sights. So that's why we go into the word every morning because I don't want to see my current struggles. I don't want to be defined by them. And you know, sometimes your current struggles can define you. I don't want to be defined by them. This is close to 200 people. And if 200 people are no longer defined by what's in their pocket or what's not in their pocket or what's on their body or what's not on their body, but they're defined by the way that they go into the word and they look into the word and God is allowed to show them. Have you ever had a word that just changes the trajectory of your life? One word can do that. Okay. Let me give it, because you're asking and I love questions. This is an example, and I have to use my own life as an example. At 26 years old, I was living on my mom's couch. And there was a day, and my mom, this is public, so I'll tell you the day it ticked over for me. I've been in the Word, I've been praying. 
I've been doing everything. Kind of my, and then you know mothers, right? Mothers, mothers, they want the best for their children. They batter them with care. Listen, this is the example. My mom came into the, the, um, into, the, into the room and she said, oh, this man of God, man of God stuff. She didn't say it this way. This is me exaggerating, by the way. Uh, oh, this man of, man of God stuff, man of God stuff that you're doing. When will you do something with your life? When will you do something with your life? This, that, and the other. You know that day, right? Usually the old peace son would have then, um, that day, the old peace son would have said, ah, this, that, and the other. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to work for God. And you don't believe in God. Da, 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 da. You want to fight for your right. But you know something whispered in my heart? This is what it whispered in my heart. If you believe that this will work, there's no need to fight. So guess what I did? I started a company. And I began to hold interviews in my room for that company. Interviews in that room, I hired people and we began to work on a recruitment company from the bedroom. But what I saw was offices. Do you understand? What I saw was offices. So from the bedroom, from my mom's couch, I made a business, right? That then began to gross thousands of pounds a month. Do you, so do you guess what I'm trying to say to you? You've got to look from where you are, meaning that the situation you're currently in today is not the end of your life. From there you begin to, now you begin to create. Do you get what I'm saying to you? You begin to create, you begin to journey. What was God telling to Abraham? Now it is time to journey. From the crisis you are currently experiencing, you begin to journey. You begin to journey. Now your journey begins. Situations are not the end of your journey. They're the beginning of it. Because if you had entered into that journey any time before, you would have not taken God seriously. There are situations that make, that you, that make you feel like they're the end of you. But they're actually the beginning of you. They're actually the beginning of the journey with God. Do you know what I discovered? You can be following God for five years until a major situation happens. That's the start of your journey with God. Because nothing provoked you. You know that place? Can I go a little bit further? I know I've I probably overshot my time now. As I, 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 can I go a bit further and tell you that God never actually started with Jacob until he got him alone. There was a word for Jacob's life from the beginning. But until God could get him alone, there was no start. And then guess what was involved in that alone time? A wrestle, a fight. So until God gets you alone, the beginning of the journey. So I remember that moment. Every time I talk about where things change, I remember that moment because that's the moment where I really began to ask God, like, Lord, I've been doing this for six years and I'm on my mom's couch. Do you know, the, only 12 months later, I was out of my, not even 12 months, about eight months later, I was out of my mom's house. I moved into my first house. And then, and then now I'm housing, uh, currently I live with 18 people paying whatever amount of month for rent. Now, that, I'm not using that as, that's not where I want to go. That's too little. I'm not using that. I'm just using that as a, as a measuring stick because everything must be given with measuring stick. So what I'm just trying to tell you is that you look from where you are. Don't look at, because if I had looked at that situation, right, I would have got into an argument with my mom because at the end of the day, my mom I say, oh, who do you think you are? But that's because I would have looked at my situation and I would have known she was right. She, and you know what? Oh, that's another point. And you know when people, 
begin to define your situation for you. And then you look at it and you realize everything people have said has come, come true. You see, that's the beginning of going down. He says, oh, you should listen to me because you're going to end up being by yourself or you're going to end up broke or you're going to end up this, 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 this. And then all of a sudden you go broke and then what that person said now comes back to your mind. No, 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 no. That means you're beginning carry, carrying you out of destiny. Exactly. Imagine I had listened. I had gone to go and get a job. I would be working the nine to five today and there's nothing wrong with the nine to five, but I understood that that was not cool. With, that was not the call over my own life. Exactly, Pastor Ozzy, they make it tangible. And then you look at, and then guess what? Tangible things make you look at your position. Tangible things. Oh, so-and-so said this and it's now happening. Tangible things make you look at your position. And then, they, and then the person will even come based on what they see exactly. And then they will now come and say, hmm, I told you, I told you. Especially if you're African and from African descent. Hmm, I told you. See how your life is now. See, you can't do anything. You're this, that, and the other. See, that's how they will behave, right? And then, and then because it's tangible. No, 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 no. I, sometimes, the, you know why sight is more risky? Because it's not tangible. But I would rather follow the intangible. I want to begin to master making intangible things tangible. Oh, I think that's where I'll end it today. That's the last point I will end it on. Master making intangible things tangible. So you should prove people wrong by doing what you want, not what they are saying you would be doing. No, I'm not saying that you... You see, even that proving people wrong is not, is not, is not even in our... It's not even in our, in our jurisdiction at all. I didn't even go out to prove my, my mom wrong. You know what was in my heart? My heart was, no, mom, I'm going to be the reason why the narrative of this family changes. I'm saying, mom, I'm showing you a different path that you may not see. So, so then that's the first bit. But then the second bit is this. It's not doing what you want to do. It's doing what you, are, it's what you know you are called to do. There's a calling of God in your heart. There's a calling of God in your heart. There's something that God is calling you to. First of all, he's, heard, he's calling you to hear different words. That's, then I think I should, I should actually break that down. He calls you to hear different words. And I love your appetite for the word. I don't know, I don't know if this is the first time we're speaking, so I don't know who you are, but I love your appetite. So it's like he calls you to hear different words. Because the first thing, your sight will change based on the words you're hearing. So he calls you to hear different words first. And as you're hearing those words, you're, you're seeing things differently. And your heart begins to journey in a different direction. That is only, full, only follow what you are called to follow.